and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap, the only show whose favorite band is Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Oh, Dr. Teeth. He's like, all right! Like, half the people in that band are stoned or alcoholic, because the saxophone player is obviously drunk, what and Janice name? is obviously stoned. Is it Janice is her name? Yeah, the bass player. I love the bit they had on Family Guy where she ended up dating Tommy Lee and getting hepatitis. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we probably shouldn't laugh, but I thought it was pretty funny. Well, I mean, it's always funny when you give up puppet hepatitis. Um, He's going to need a new puppet liver. Well, you just assumed that he put his hand in her or his dick? I think it has to be dick. Has to be? I yeah. think hepatitis is another one of those that's spread by um, fluids. Yeah, but if you had to spit on her, never mind. I was going to say spit on her puppet hole to put his hand in. And I think we're done with this and conversation. And I think we're... This is a... Wow, one this, minute this, in and... This is going to become a damn conversation Yeah, one minute week. in and it's already... I was going to say that bad. So, it's been what, like three weeks since I recorded with you? Or yes. Just two? Uh, it's been a couple. Um, Did you miss me? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. I'm not going to have a puppet hole conversation <laughs> with Lizzie. I mean, could, but it would go in a really different direction. And go in a very different direction. Absolutely. I just had a great idea. Hmm. Um, Puppet porn. No, it's because it's I have the extra Black Canary now. We should make people email us asking for the Black Canary doll. Hashtag Black Canary Miters. Um, yeah, you asked for a, a quote-unquote burnt offering, a uh, Funko offering. I asked um, for tribute, yes. And... Uh, <laughs> The odds were not in my favor, and I got you a duplicate. That's okay. Um, I still like it. The thing is, I could go back in a mile high, and, like, I know Jason and Aaron would be like, just swap it it's, out. I was going to say, it's unopened. Because um, I don't open mine. Although, I have to say, now that I've gone to see uh, Civil War, I kind of want to get a little Scarlet Witch to go next to Vision, so he's not lonely. They didn't have Scarlet Witch. I want the Vision with clothes. Did they make one? I don't know. Well, they probably did, because, you know, they I could get on Etsy and find Funko Pop clothing, I'm sure. That sounds terrifying. And probably true. Someone's probably true. staging mm -hmm. horrible little Funko soap operas. Yep. Uh, do we want to jump right into uh, Civil War? Yeah, sure. I saw it later than you did. Everyone saw it later. Due to, I was going to say due to scheduling, but I have to tell you, going at, uh, let's see... 12.40 on a Thursday, a week after it comes out, it was like me and a bunch of teenage boys and Brandon. It was very quiet and really nice. Cool. Like I said, no, it was fantastic. Uh, what'd you think? I loved it. I mean, I still think I prefer Winter Soldier. Soldier. I, th I, think it's, I still think it's the best Marvel movie. Like I said, I still um, think I prefer Winter Soldier, but I really liked it. I liked the build on, I was going to say, the plot. And I like poor Which Buck one? Hmm? Which one? Um, it's just starting out with them having Bucky be blamed for the bombing. Yeah. And then eventually uncovering where he is. Is not. Well, you know what I mean. Well, he's not. It was Baron Zemo. Yes, I know it wasn't him. But I'm just saying them uncovering his little crash bag, crash bag and what, Bucharest. Oh, yeah, Bucharest. Yeah. yeah that was a great scene. Um, especially because he was, like, Captain America against himself. Like, he started, like, putting himself between, like, the... Uh, the uh, whatever the tactical unit was mm -hmm. that Agent Thirteen worked with, um, the, like, some kind of joints, whatever, some, some special forces. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I. But I mean, I I I always liked Bucky's character. 
I've always been a Winter Soldier fan. You've known this since before. Since before, like when the Winter Soldier movie was out. actually out. I mean, I was a huge fan of, when of I got the, the Rebaker. Like I said, when I got you the fear itself clicks, you were so excited because it was Winter Soldier. Since it was, was the, win- the it was, it was it was the Winter Soldier Captain America. Yeah, I mean, I've been a fan of that character. I it's not a not a secret that I'm a huge fan of assassin characters. Um, being that I like Deathstroke, Deadpool, Winter Soldier. Um, big three on that one. but uh, I have to say, though, watching the movie, why the fuck would anybody be on Iron Man's side? Well, for Vision's sake, because I've rewatched it recently, uh, for Vision's sake, it was a matter of mathematic well, equations. Well, like I said, Vision sees, sees things differently, though. I mean, I, I, like I said, it was just, I couldn't believe that uh, I was going to say that Black Widow was on his side. Well, you find out later on, because someone, one of my close friends was like, well, it's Black Widow. She's a spy. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And she does have that moment at the end, or near the end of the movie where she says, like, I said I'll help you find them, not catch them. Yep. Um, and she ends up kind of siding with Bucky and Cap, which I do want to get into her thing. I've got a note on it. But I don't think I brought up the last time we talked about Civil War. Well, it's just Civil but, War. It was so about the male egos in that. The ego for Black Panther and Iron Man were so big that they couldn't fucking see past well, themselves. Well, and, and Black Widow says that to Iron Man at one point where she's like, can you not just put your ego aside for one fucking second? Uh, it's when they're at the Avengers compound and talking about tracking down Cap. Um, I laughed so inappropriately loud. When Vision completely bombs making pepper tosh, because I make that at work all the time. Uh, we talked about this off air. Where and he says I, one pinch of paprika. I'm like, that's not nearly enough like, paprika. What, I like that because he's what's a robot. Piece? He's like, he's like, what's a pinch? He's like, I've never eaten food before. Um, that leads it to a more dramatic scene. I would say, quote unquote, dramatic scene where Scarlet Witch realizes like he's keeping her there despite their flirtations, which I really liked. Um, I, I think do I like, said this like last I said, week. I like the build of Scarlet Witch and Vision. And Vision. Don't and they end up having kids in the comics? S- sort of. Okay. Um, they do, but it's through her hex magic that they're like splintered souls of Manfisto, and then they become young Avengers. It's a thing. Um, like I said, I have him up there in between uh, Masked Deadpool and the Groot Root. But oh, I kinda, and Funkos, yeah. I kind of want to get a, I kind of want to get a Scarlet Witch, so he's he's not as lonely. Um, there's a coming up box joke there, but I don't have it. Um, I, I was waiting. Uh, something I didn't bring up last week was, uh, and I told Lizzie to remind me, and then I completely got off on you know just talking about how, in my mind, Black Panther and Spider Man stole the show. Um, a Black Panther looked fantastic. Looked fantastic. And moved. Correctly, if that makes sense. Like I was the, a little the, worried about like the kind of a choreography uh, uh, on him was fantastic. Oh, dude! During the the chase scene with about. the motorcycle yeah. in the tunnel. Oh I mean, just you know, he's got something in him because he's got like the weird like Wakandan herbs that enhance all of his abilities. Well, what's interesting though is that he's being referred to, or that casting is being referred to as the only good thing to come from Gods of Egypt, because he was working on Gods of Egypt and ends up getting into a conversation. The movie with Christian Bell. Christian Bale in Gods of Egypt, wasn't he? I, I know that Kurt Russell was. Oh, no, he was in of, of Gods and Men or whatever that was. No, no, it was this awful, the, the basically story. whitewashed movie. Yeah. I was yeah, going to yeah, say, yeah. and so he's working on this movie and he starts talking to one of the security guards. You're talking about guards. Chad Bozeman. Or Chad, Chad Boswick or whatever his name is. Okay. Black Panther. Yes. Yes. But he's working on this movie and he starts a conversation with the security guard 
and the security guard at some later point gets him an issue of Black Panther, Black Panther number one, and leaves it in his dressing room and says that you, that he was born to play this role. And that's how he ended up auditioning to do Black Panther. Ooh, I wonder what you of Black Panther on that one. Well, it's number one. Yeah, no, but it could have been... I don't know what run, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it was the priest version, fucking awesome. Um, I love the priest but, version. But, yeah, literally the only good thing to come out of Gods of Egypt is him getting the idea to... To play Black Panther? To go audition for Black Panther. Because other than that, like, who's going to do it? Like, Wesley Snipes, like, was has been in the running for 15 years. Which... Yeah, Idris Elba's already part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah, because he's, what's his name, Loktar or whatever it is. I just uh, think of him as the gatekeeper. Yeah. Not the key master. Um, <laughs> Do you remember when you made the whole dick vagina joke for the first time with the key master and I had never fucking thought about that before? Oh no, like I had never put it together because of the age I was when I saw yeah, that. exactly. And my parents are laughing and I'm like, ah, okay, I don't know why you're laughing. And then like, when I watched it, like as a teen, I was like, oh, oh it's key master and cake keeper and they have to fuck to have... Xanadu fucking reject comeback. Um, Zool? Yeah. But she looks like a Xanadu reject before she comes back as a giant... She was more menacing as Xanadu reject uh, than she was uh, Stay Puft Marshmallow. Please Xanadu. Xanadu. Okay, so what's your note on Civil War? Actually, I've got two. Now, um, the chase scene... In the tunnel on the motorcycle. Both. Oh, no, well, I mean, they're kind of... They're kind of no, no, that chase scene, or when they're trying to uh, escape at the airport. No, no, no. Uh, the chase scene in the in the, the tunnel with with gotcha. uh, when they arrest Captain America and, and Bucky and Black Panther and War Machine comes in uh, and's like, stand down. Um, Which, by the way, I love that they somehow managed to give Black Panther extending nails and not have it be feminine. It makes sense with vibranium. And no, the, it absolutely makes sense, but it's hard to do that and not have it come off. Yeah, Feminine. yeah. Come off as Meg when she gets superpowers in Family Guy. Yeah. Um, Meg. But, uh, <laughs> when she scratches the guy and he's like, ow, that really hurt. Didn't break the skin, but ow, it really hurt. Um, I know Captain America doesn't have, like, fatigue, like, he doesn't get, like, the, fit, uh, what is, uh, there's a fatigue chemical in your, in your muscles. Lactic acid. Is it, yeah, is it lactic acid? You get a lactic acid. He doesn't build that up when he runs. Uh-huh. Uh, Black Panther probably has the, I can't remember the name of the specific herb that they ingest when they become Black Panthers. Because um, he's talked about that it's been a, a thing in his culture for... So. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, once you go Black Panther, you never go Back Black Panther. Panther. Uh, which just sounds like a massage wand. Um, not to be confused with a masturbatory tool. But... Um, you know, he's full of, like, the weird heart-shaped herb from Wakanda, whatever. But Bucky, like, outrunning cars, like, it was like, are the cars going slow, or is he going fast? Because he shouldn't be able to. I mean, I know he's in, like, top physical condition because of his training as the Winter Soldier. But it's also... But he doesn't have, like, the Super Soldier serum. He doesn't have the herbs, the Wakandan herbs. Wait, doesn't he have some version of the Super Soldier No. Serum? No, he does not. And I don't know what the fuck that was in uh, the back of Stark's car. I guess it was, like, super... Well, when I say speed, I mean the drug, not the power. Um, it's super crank. Um, but uh, I thought that was a little odd. Like, rewatching, I was kind of like, he shouldn't 
be able to outrun cars unless they're only going like maybe 15, 20 miles per hour, but like it's a chase scene. Like that's, they're not going 20 miles per hour or the cars that Captain America driving isn't doing that anyway. I'm not 100% sure how they did it, but the scene where Tony is wearing the glasses that like basically, so he can relive his last goodbye to his parents. Oh, at the very beginning, yeah. He looked so perfect in the young version of himself. It was like watching Less Than Zero again. I was going to say Less Than Zero word signs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, spot on. So I don't know, you know, if they just... Studying abroad, what's her name? Uh, oh my uh, god. I mean, just John Slattery is... Hilarious. His yeah. dad is like pitch perfect casting. But uh, I was going to say, I think... There were a lot of things that, that I liked... I feel like maybe they could have sped up the pacing a little bit. Well, I was talking to Lissy about it last week where I said DC is guilty of putting more characters in a movie than should be. This one's guilty of putting more plot in a movie where halfway through you have, quote-unquote, the Civil War, and you've got them in the big airport fight scene. Um, Which we're going to talk about in a minute. Okay. But it's them trying to get to the five extra winter soldiers. Yeah. Which I was like, do you just introduce, like, your B-plot, like, more than halfway through your movie? Like, what the fuck? Um, so I, I, I thought it was a little long. I thought, yeah, absolutely, the pacing could have been, uh, the writing could have been a bit tighter um, in terms of introducing... Uh, the the Winter Soldier, the extra Winter Soldier's Red Room stuff, which I want to get into later, um, which is actually my note. Um, but you you liked the uh, the uh, airline, uh, the airport fight. I more like Paul Rudd in the airport fight than anything else. I like Paul Rudd shaking Captain America's hand more, <laughs> more than I liked him becoming Giant Man. Though, admittedly, for, hey, I know you too. <laughs> for. Just him inside the Iron Man suit. <laughs> I'm your conscience, Tony. We haven't talked in a while. Yes. For Team Captain America, which was, we take personal responsibility for all of the damage we do. But we're not going to stop doing what needs to be done. Correct. How much damage was done by him becoming Giant, giant Man? Like, oh, a he lot. was smacking War Machine with, like, a, like, wing of a plane. He stepped on, like, nine cars. Like... He fell down a lot on stuff that exploded, um, though it did lead to the the great the great moment of Spider Man going, "Hey, remember that old movie, Star Wars? Yeah, when he's talking about the Ad Ad Imperial Walker. Yeah. Um, and how much did you love Spider Man in this? I said it last week. I in Pitch Perfect. I am so glad they they nailed Spider Man. He's so bantery, quippy, um, to the point where even Falcon says like. No one talks this much during a fight. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, but he still can't help himself. Um, I like that Red Wing was introduced, by the way. I mean, that's a no, it's a drone as opposed to an actual falcon. I think it makes more sense. Uh, absolutely. Um, that's actually... But I think Spider-Man and Black Panther stole the show. Um, absolutely. Um, it got me really excited for the next Spider-Man movie, uh, if only to watch uh, Tony Stark hit on Aunt May more. Oh, God. Okay, because of all the Spider-Man reboots, Aunt May has, like, Benjamin Button syndrome. You saw that? Yeah. Yeah, everybody saw that. You know that last week, uh, Aunt May was our porn star of the week. <laughs> Why? 
because we all want to do her. Um, or is it Tomei or Aunt May? Bit of both. Well, now she's playing Aunt May. I mean, Sally Fields isn't unattractive. I don't, you know. Um, I would, I, you know, may, maybe, uh, what's her name? Uh, Rosemary Harris, I think, was the one that played it in the... Uh, the first Spider-Man. In the, in the, the Sam Raimi stuff, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Aunt May's looking a bit fit, I will say. So, um, how did you feel about the post-credits? Um, I think the Spider-Man one, which was the uh, the end credit, yeah, um, mm, kind of superfluous. Um, Steve from Brooklyn. Um, Do you need to get that? No, um, I think it was a little superfluous. I'm glad that he's got like the Stark Tech Spider-Man hologram. It's got widgets. It's got apps. Uh, whatever. Spider-Man. But uh, I think the. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. But, um, I think the uh, Winter Soldier being f- frozen in Wakanda mm-hmm. um, not only showed the growth of Black Panther, um, but also s- set up what's eventually paid off in, to some extent, Avengers. Uh, Avengers 3. Um, Infinity? The, they're changing the name, but it was a f- Infinity War. Um uh, they they've now said that they're that's now a working title. Okay. Um, but I, the whole thing was like an end credit scene from Marvel that says, "Well, you better hope they don't find out he's here." And let them try to come. Um, we've already met the bad guy for uh, Black Panther. We saw him in Avengers Two, which was Andy Serkis playing Ulysses Claw. Um, he did lose. No, he's. Living Sound. Yeah, like, I know, it's a weird name. Well, um, you said Claw, so immediately I'm going to start making that's Claw. That's the Claw. Like, Ooh, the Claw's claw, going to get gotcha. you. Carrie always is yeah. going to come at me. Ugh, the worst Claw ever. Um, so, we'll see where that goes, but I'm assuming at some point, obviously, Claw will find Winter Soldier and go, Ooh, I can use this against him somehow, some way, and uh, invite... Yeah, some of the Avengers, not all of them, uh, to whatever. I'm imagining Avengers 3 is going to start off with, like, or Black Panther is going to end with uh, a invasion from the Avengers to get Winter Soldier. So why do you think that they broke up Pepper and Tony? Because um, Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't want to do it. You think that's the only reason they have that as the plot device? I think they've got enough money backed by Disney that they could probably get anyone they want. And Gwyneth Paltrow's like, I don't want to be in like 19 fucking movies as a side character. I mean, essentially. Um, I mean, they set her up with having weird super... Oh, no, they cured her at the mm-hmm. end of uh, Iron Man 3, didn't they? Mm-hmm. The extremists. But, uh, you know, I think she's not one of those people who wants to be pigeonholed into a Marvel movie. The way that, um... Much like, uh... It, it's called, what is that called? Golden Handcuffs. Um, you know, great money, but... Who else is going to play Iron Man? Who else is going to play Captain America? Who else is going to play Ant-Man? So forth, so on. I mean, they... Uh, Samuel Jackson got signed for, what, 12 movies or some crazy shit? Um, and really, he was only in a cameo in, what, one or two of them? Um, but... Now, given he's a comic book fan, he jumped at the chance, and he gave the, uh, the Marvel the like uh, his likeness rights to do that in El- uh, Ultimate, but uh, the Ultimate um, 
line of comics. But I mean, some guys don't want to be typecast. You see that with Chris Evans, um, who says well, like, once actually... my once my contract's up, I want to move on. I want to get behind the camera. Now, given he's gonna come back, they put the phone in front of Tony and said, "Call us. We'll be there." Which means when Thanos finally fucking attacks, call me. You know what the big news on Chris Evans this week is? He's pregnant. Um, he started dating Jenny Slater, who you will know as Mona Lisa from Parks and Rec. Really? Yeah. Huh. And I, you saw The Obvious Child, didn't you? I'm aware of it. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say, I, know, I mostly know her as uh, Mona Lisa from Parks and Rec and the characters she would do on the Nick Kroll show. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I said, her and Evans have been publicly outed as a couple. Okay. Well, Good on her. It, no, it's vaguely scandalous because she just divorced her husband. So yeah, there's but a lot for of, Chris Evans. There's, yeah, there's a lot of talk that with the last movie they filmed together, I want to say it's called Gifted or sure. something like that, that they kind of pulled she a had, that she ended her Mr. Marriage. and Mrs. Smith type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Um, but my biggest thing about uh, Civil War, I want to wrap up on this, mm-hmm. um, is that the thing we we haven't talked about yet, and it's because I read the comics where Winter Soldier's attacking uh, Black, uh, I'm sorry, Black Canary, Black Widow, and he's choking her out, and she goes, don't you even remember me. It seems like such a weird throwaway line. If you read the comic, you know that they're lovers. They are lovers. Um, I've taken a lover, ladies. That um, they have a connection through the Red Room, mm-hmm. which you've seen in Avengers 2. Mm-hmm. Um, you've seen Agent Carter, um, which I'm Got sure we'll canceled. talk about. Yeah. Um, uh, and is in the comics. Uh, is in the Brewbreaker written uh, Captain America run, especially after he becomes Captain America, and uh, the Winter Soldier series that he did. Um, which I'm almost currently reading. Um, it's on my book. It's it's just sitting in my pile. I'm rereading Preacher. It's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, that, that, that they have a very intense, intimate relationship. Um, not, you know, star-crossed at all. I mean, it makes sense that no, no, it makes him sense. being a Russian... They have, they have a similar background. Well, he would have been trained in the Red Room as a communist or Russian, like, assassin. Like, it makes sense that they would be in the same place it's, at the same time. It's the USSR. Yeah, we're going back there. You don't know how lucky you are. Mm, that's what I hear. Um, yay, Beatles references. Um, so, I like that they've kind of, like, kind of put the cat amongst the pigeons on that one, where yeah. it's like, what does that line mean? If you didn't read the comics, uh, they've talked about taking Inhumans off the slate, and they're trying to get... Um, a Black Widow solo, which I would imagine would have at least a cameo by Winter Soldier in it. I'd really like to see a Black Widow solo. Uh, did you ever see that when like, some guy like put up like like the opening credits of it? It's yeah, very no, James Bondy. I, I was gonna say I saw um, the, the fan made trailer. It was fucking great. fantastic. It was great. Um, I mean, she's such a great character. Can we talk about a non sequitur for a second? I just realized one of my uh, misfits dolls is in a paint me like one of your French girls pose. I was like, he's very. Paint me like one of your French girls. And jacket. fuck that reunion, by the way. So, um. The Titanic reunion? No, the Misfits reunion. Um, I'm glad they're getting together after like 30, 40 years to make a lot of money. Who gives a fuck? Well, I'm sure it's just because um, Danzig needs money. No, he doesn't. He owns the rights to the name Misfits. <laughs> like, 
He lets them use it like he... Yeah, no. Um, but fuck them, so moving on. Um, Maybe like one of your French kids, Jack. I think I'm going to go Glenn Danzig on that one. No, um, no, I don't want him to see me naked. Super quick, uh, you saw, or at least part of it live, I just recently watched the special, Chris Hardwick's Fun Comfortable. Yeah. Um, it's really funny! I like him talking about being an awkward dad. Without or being just, a dad yet. Yeah, but I imagine they'll probably start pretty soon. You really think so? I never thought he'd get married. He was the last one out of the Nerdist trio. No, it's not that. It's because he was with Janet for, like, how many years? Damn it. No, they were together for, like, seven years or something longer He's than that. He's a serial monogamist. Um, yeah, that's fine, but it's just, like, they never took any steps closer to getting married. No. And then he started Was dating. he engaged to Chloe at one point or no? I believe... It might have been... I think they talked about it. I don't think he ever actually proposed. Because he didn't make any kind of announcement about but it. But then he talks about, like, within, like, unfun comfortably, he talks about, like, within six months, he knew with, um... What the fuck is her name? Lydia. Lydia Hurst. Yeah, thank you. Um, like I said, I never thought he'd get married... So, I mean, the thought of him having kids. I think he'd be a great dad, but I mean. He'd have to work a lot less, and I don't know if he'd be happy. I, I think it's very interesting that if you look at Fun Comfortable, you could cut it into weird, like, chapters of his life, which admittedly works really great for his comedy. But you can tell he's talking about, um, not in any specific order, his dad dying mm -hmm. and his dad. Well, uh, I listen to all the hosts. All the nerdists, yeah. And so we know these things are going on. Uh, his breakup with Chloe. Mm -hmm. um, and him and getting engaged to, to Lydia. Um, so, but it's really fucking funny. Have you watched any of the newer um, At Midnight's? No, I haven't watched At Midnight in like, um, like two months. That's really too bad. Because they've had some good ones lately. I'm sure. But the one I was thinking of is Jaguar did some kind of context with him. The quote, how I get around context, and you're supposed to send them a picture of how you get around. He was begging people to stop sending him pictures of their naked feet. <laughs> oh, that's right, because if you Google uh, Hardwick and feet, things come up. So it's like, speak. I've never looked up weirdly specific. I was going to say uh, image searches of Emma Roberts' feet. Because um, he drives a Jaguar, which they make fun of him for on, on uh, the Nerdist constantly. Well, they also made fun of him for it uh, when... Uh, it wasn't the same. It was Steve Agee. It's like, you fuck a model in a Jaguar, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was obviously a, a yeah, a, a knock on Hardwick. Um, do we want to... Damn it. Uh, I've, got a few, actually... I've got a few side notes, and then I've got a bunch on DCTV, obviously. <laughs> this might be actually a little bit shorter than normal, because I've been working so much, I haven't really had time to do anything. Thank God you don't mind spoilers. Okay. Oh, um, You're nuts. Well, I'll say, um, I started watching Reaper. We talked about this, I think, like three weeks ago. Yeah, we mentioned that it was kind of a little offshoot of Dead Like Me. Uh, not the same guy, but, I mean, very similar idea. Uh, you really should watch Dead Like Me. I know. Um, the premise is that uh, the main character, is, uh, for him to be born, like, they wanted us a kid. Uh, his parents uh, sold his soul, and when he turns, I think, 18 or I think it's 21 because he drinks. 21. Uh, <laughs> that makes such a huge difference. I know. Uh, we turn 21, the devil gets his soul to become the devil's bounty hunter, and he hunts, like, souls that have escaped from hell. So it's a little bit of a ghostwriter type of thing. 
Yeah, but really funny. Um, actually, I was really impressed by some of the writing on it. It's really funny. Um, Kevin Smith directed the pilot, uh, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, Ray uh, Wise as the devil is awesome. Um, I wish I would have watched the show when we did the top five actors who played the devil on Shooting the Gap. Because he would have been in there. Ray Wise, you know, as uh, uh, Robin's dad. Uh, or he was uh, uh, Leland Palmer in um, Twin Peaks. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, he's, like, the, mo- the minute you have him in your head, you're like, oh yeah, he's in fucking everything. I'm um, sorry, I totally just had one of those moments where I started thinking about Twin Peaks, and I started thinking about the captain and the gag with the top half of his face and the bottom half of his face. He loves that he hates them. But anyway... Um, but Ray Weiss, um, as, as the devil is great in terms of like a kind of a, a CW-esque, I don't know if it was CW or, or WB at that point. It was WB at that point. Um. Uh, when we talk about DC TV, we actually have some CW news we need to discuss. Okay. Um. Yeah, it was, it was WB at that point, because I remember. The, the, it was pre-Veronica Mars. The only thing about Reaper, I, I do want to say that, like, uh, some of the people that worked on that went on to work on Dollhouse and Agent, uh, uh, Agent Carter. Um, so it, it's kind of got a, um, almost a mutant enemy vibe to it where it's yeah. like those writers from Reaper went on to do other things that kind of have a defined voice. Yeah. Um, they have a point of view. Like Agent Carter and Dollhouse. Um, are we going to talk about Agent Carter? We will in a moment. I will say my only issue with Reaper is that on the pilot episode, he tells a few people that like. My parents sold my soul, and now I'm the devil's bounty hunter, and they seem to take it on really quickly. <laughs> like, the best friend character, like, makes sense that he just goes, all right. Well, that's the problem with pilots, is you have to cram a lot of backstory into a very short period of time. Um, it, it, but it just seemed really weird that, like, they all took it on very quickly. Um, now you're seeing that unfold in later episodes on the first season which I like. Um, but that pilot, it was like, well, they all took that on. Like, okay, this is happening. And these are people that, he works at like a Home Depot or whatever they call it, their workbench or whatever it is. Um, so for them to take it on, like his two coworkers and, I mean, his parents, I guess, know that, you know, what's going to happen, sort of. Um, but like, his his friends are like, yeah, okay, you're the devil's bounty hunter. We're going to help you. And he gets, like, these, what's called vessels, which are these, like, items per, kind of a, a you know, per episode that helps him capture the souls um, of these escaped souls from hell. Uh, not Lucifer's mother, that I'm aware of. Um, I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who thought that. But, yeah, like, they just kind of go, yeah, okay. And I'm like, no one would be okay with that right off the bat. No, I mean, except for his parents, like I said. Um, because they knew, because they signed the contract. Um, which has now become a weird plot point by the, like, fifth episode, which is their copy of the contract, the earthly copy of the contract is, like, turned to ashes, and he's, like, trying to figure out what weird legal rights he has within yeah. the contract. So He's trying to find a legal loophole. Or at least, like, you know, the fact that he talks about it, he goes, I don't get days off, I don't get vacations... The devil's not going to kill me because you need me 
but one of these demons could, and I'm looking for some kind of emotional restitution. So, um, but it's a, a lot of fun. I actually, like, I'm like, I think four or five episodes in on the first season, and uh, I really like it. Um, it's kind of a, I will say, it's kind of a throwaway show, whereas one of those where I'm like, yeah, there's nothing on right now, and this is one that I've been told I should watch. Um, kind of your general supernatural comedy show. Refer to those as cotton candy shows. Yeah, kind of. Um, it's got it, no I mean, nutritional it's fun. value, but it's fun. It's fun. Um, I put it on my uh, external hard drive, and I'm not sure if it's going to stay there. Um, I'm pretty sure I might just delete both seasons, because I'm like, this isn't worth saving to me. Yeah, once you're um, done with it. Um, I, but I, I, I backed it up because like, I was like, maybe I'll love it. Um, but it's not like when I back up uh, something like uh, uh, Silicon Valley. Um, which, by the way, if you're not watching, I, I, I can't help you. Um, you are missing one of the best shows on the planet right now. Um, that actually reminds me of something. Uh, Audible Unlimited has been testing this new channels with your, I was going to say, on your Audible. And I, I do the comedy channel sometimes, which is actually even better than you would think. But Eugene Merman hosts some kind of show where he'll listen to bits with the comedians and then they'll stop mid-bit and ask some more questions about it and discuss it. But he did So a... effectively Eugene Merman's equivalent of the Benson interruption. Yeah. I'm not trying to shit on Merman by any means, but like that was the Benson interruption. Well, he describes it more as in Saved by the Bell when Zach stops and talks to the camera for a couple minutes. Okay. Well, like I said, he does one with Kamel Nanjiani, which is fucking priceless. Because Kamel's talking about doing stand-up in Scotland and not realizing that his last name is a slang term for vagina over there. Nanjiani? Um, you know how Or some... Johnny or, no. or whatever. No, Nanjiani. Okay. Because it rhymes with Punani. Right. Yeah. Makes He's like, sense. I was there for a week going up on stage basically saying, Hi, I'm Johnny Vagina, and never addressed it. <laughs> Sorry. Continue on. Uh, Punani. So, DCTV, uh, we'll get to the meat of the episode. 35 minutes in? Yeah. Um, well, we've talked about a fair amount of stuff. Um, I obviously have my list, as I always do every week. Uh, Flash. This was a good one. This is a good one. This was the Kevin Smith-directed I mean... one. And I can't think of a better episode in terms of content for Kevin Smith to direct. <laughs> His mom reading him the book about the... The runaway dinosaur. I was going to say, it wouldn't be a big T-Rex, but how could you hold me... Hold, uh, hold me oh, I got... I watched it twice. Like, I got... <gasps> I watched it twice, and I totally got misty when he's talking to his mom the second time. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, first... I want to go chronologically a little bit. First and foremost. Uh, Jason Mew's going, that's totally my car. And then... Zombie girder rips the door off and he goes, That's my mom's car! That like, made me laugh when really hard. You, <laughs> you can take, you know, you can take the clerks out of the boy, but you can't take the boy out of clerks on yeah. that one. Um, it's one of those things where it's zombie girder. Oh my god. Well, and the thing is that um, Kevin Smith had posted a bunch of stuff on Instagram with uh, Jason Muse in what I'm going to refer to as a gimp suit. Um... As one of Zoom's followers. So I expected Barry to go to, like, an alternate future, or the future, or whatever. 
Um, turns out he was, uh, Jason Mewes kind of played that quote-unquote extra in the uh, big supervillain group. Um, he looked like a big gay S&M juggernaut. But, um, so I didn't see the Speed Force coming um, at all. I mean, I know they've talked a little bit about it. It's a source of his power. But they talked about it so scientifically, they about I didn't it a think... a lot more abstractly. I didn't... Yeah, exactly. I didn't think they get so metaphysical with it, and it, it was... perfect sense. Well, and they talk about it, especially if you, if you read the comics, um, you find out through Flash Rebirth um, that uh, Barry is the source of the Speed Force. He creates it by running, uh-huh. and that kind of sets in motion the, the birth of the Speed Force. So it's interesting having... When I say they, I mean uh, Joe, Iris, um, and his mom, and, and his dad, um, talk about, um, like, we've always been here, we will always be here until the last proton stops vibrating. Um, it's it's more than you think. Which I really liked, because I was kind of a, I like to think of nod to the Wally West thing, where Wally West, in the comics, like, brushes up against the Speed Force, gains a whole bunch of new abilities because he sees it as a, more of a metaphysical, philosophical thing, an abstract, a yeah, perfect exactly. way to say, um, a, 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 an abstract personification of speed rather than this kind of flat energy that, you know... Well, as much as I'm fucking hating reading it, I've been reading the new 52 Flash, and one of the points in there is about how he actually can process information exponentially faster because of the speed force. Yeah, so he outwits the thinker in the Jeff Johns run. Like I said, like to the point where he can almost basically predict the future because he's processing the information he receives faster than anybody else. Uh, you know, once again, that gets into what's called the Bat God. Um, well, it's not that he sees the future; it's that he's able to react to what's happening faster than everyone else. Yes. Does that um, make yes, that better? Yes. Yeah, okay. Because um, the Bat God theory is like Batman's so fucking contingency based that no one can beat him. Um, same with Flash. Um, actually, I thought of a, 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 I wanted to write a speedster character, and I know that at some point I realized, like, I'm like, I'm making this guy way too godlike because of how much I love the Flash and how much, like, his speed would enhance everything. Except for the rate at which he pees. Um, he'd have to slow down to do that. Because the urine leaving him would still follow actual physics. I um, really wish that... So we'd have to slow down to, to, to use the bathroom. I really wish that Ennis had done more of the pro. Just the what? The pro. Yeah. I wish he'd done more of it just so you could have more of these kind of conversations about, like, superhero body functions and whatnot. I mean, admittedly, I don't remember the last time that I laughed so hard about their Superman equivalent coming and knocking a plane out of the sky. And then serving it with his dick out. But... Um, and then her beating the shit out of some villain and like punching her in the cunt and grab, no, he grabbed her. T- she grabbed her tits, smashed her through a wall through the UN, like bring your child to work day, and, and then, then peed on, on her. her. Yeah. Um, which, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's oh, Garth, talked about the pro Garth, Garth Ennis and uh, uh, Amanda Connors, the pro. It's you can get it for a few dollars on Amazon. It's totally bloody worth fantastic. It. I love it. It's a must-have for anybody who collects graphic novels. Um, I do have two more things on the Flash, uh, super quick. One, I love that, even though it didn't come out of Barry, it came out of, uh, the Wally West, when I say that, uh, the Mark Wade run of the comic, mm-hmm. that Linda was always, um, Wally's beacon to come back, that Iris has become 
Barry's uh, beacon. I do like that Iris is actually fucking doing something now. She was very proactive this episode. I was really happy about that. I was I was going to say, I like that she was proactive. I like that they're finally doing something with Jesse. I like that they are, I was going to say, have his dad kind of as the Caitlyn stand-in for now. Yes. I was going to say, which I was going to say, thank God. I like that his dad's back. Well, we're going to talk about his dad in a minute. Like I said, but I was... I got to the end of that episode, and I'm like, I can't believe we haven't seen Caitlyn at all this episode. And then, and then they have, yeah. I still want to know who the man in the mask is. Well, you're going to have to keep talking until I can get closer to my computer to give my theory. You think it's, I was going to say, you think it's his dad, don't you? I don't think it's his, well... Well, alternate universe. Yes and no. Um, luckily, my voice carries, so I should be fine here. You're fine. It's not a big deal. Basically, um, you see when Barry comes to his dad uh, at the cabin on the last episode mm -hmm. and talks about how, you know, Zoom had been masquerading as Jay Garrick. Well, yeah, and he says Garrick was his mother's maiden name. Uh, grandmother's maiden. Grandmother's? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's got to go back to grandmother's because it's World War II. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. um, Garrick was part of the JSA. Yeah, yeah got it. So. And you, it, you think it's, you think it's. I was going to say, you think it's his dad in an alternate universe, or some kind of... I was going to say... And what was... There was some other weird reference that didn't quite add up in this about... It'll come back to me again. But basically, that his dad says, Garrick was my grandmother's name. We know that the man in the Iron Mask and Flash has been tapping something up in World War II code. Um, yeah, and then Prisoner of War code. It's a, the 25 by 25 grid because you combine C and K. So, my theory is, and and they say, because you go like, well, there's Hunter Solomon, but he was Jay Garrick. And I'm like, no, they say at one point that he was masquerading as that world's Flash, which means that world's Flash was actually Jay Garrick. Um, and I think it's his dad. I think it's John Wesley, John Wesley Shipp. And I say that on, on two things. One... It makes the most sense at this point. Um, two, he said he's, uh, he says to Barry, like, I'm sticking around. Mm -hmm. Which, so, he's got to come across his weird doppelganger. Um, makes the most sense with all the World War II shit. Um, especially with Jay Garrick. Um, I'm sorry, the whole doppelganger, Dino Dopper line just popped in my head. Called him Doppeldiener. Um, Not a Dino Ganger, which, by the way... Copra. So, so much laughter when they have the Dean at MIT in uh, Civil as, War. As Jim Rush. I was going to say, as the Dean, once again, exactly like... Well, they had Op-Ed in um, Winter Soldier. Yeah, I know. But like I said, they have the... Well, because, you know, the Russo brothers, I was going to say... Do repetitive casting, much like we... Yeah. I was going to say, but it's just like, he was playing the Dean from Community, except now he's in charge of MIT. That's going to go well. Exactly. At least wasn't wearing a Dalmatian shirt. But, uh, no, so that's my theory. I think it's going to be Earth 2's Jay Garrick. Um, and I think it's going to be played by John Wesley Shipp. I'm calling it now. Also, now we know how Wally and Jesse get their speed. Especially because Wally uses, like, Speed Force connection to wake Jesse up. Um, and you have her code name already there, like Jesse Quick. So thank fucking god they finally did something with Jesse. Uh, I kind of like, season... liked her fucking off for a while. Well, that's the thing though. It's just for, for almost the entire season, the only reason she was there is the motivation for her father. Well, and then 
Barry became the motivation at some mm-hmm. point. Because he was like, we're going to redo the, uh, the explosion. Like, we're going to make you fast. We're going to defeat Zoom. Like, Barry became the motivation. But, um, so those are my notes on, um, I'm just so glad they've got the Speed Force now. Um, and it's been personified. Um, Arrow. This was a, this was a weird one. That was a weird one. Um. Sorry. Sorry. As much as it moved the plot along, I thought it was kind of a placeholder. Um, you have the whole, like, Thea in the, like, perfect, you know, Elysium world, um, with a brainwashed, uh, political advisor guy. Um, I'll call him Dan, because he looks like a Dan. But, um, you know, and, like, that's, like, literally Dark's hive. Like, it's the the, the shell of the, the, the community looks like a hive, like a beehive, or a honeycomb hideout. Um, if you want to make that joke. No? Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. There you go. Okay, sorry, go ahead. But, like, the anarchy got in. Um, did anyone notice? Probably not, just me, I'm a nerd. Uh, his scar tissue is an A across his face. Sorry, I just made a bunch of Sergeant Hatred jokes in my head. <laughs> the D was the hardest one to get rid of. Um, that was a tender vegetable. Uh, but Anarchy got in. I'm glad they brought Anarchy back. Um, it's a character well worth examining. It's not me, relax. Uh, I liked him in the Batman comics before they completely fucked him up and turned him into, like, some kind of weird hacker guy in an iron lung. It was horrible. Um, they turned him into Money Spider, I believe was his online handle. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Money Spider? Yeah. I want to see a 15-year-old boy in a chat room trying to get... Never mind, I'll finish that sentence. Actually, Anarchy is in his really early teens. That's oh, the whole point. good God. So, right, yeah, he was, uh, he was age sex location on that one. Ugh. Um, I'm glad that uh, Murmur and Brick are back. It's been a couple episodes uh, we, that we haven't been able to talk about this, but Murmur and Brick are back. Yeah. Um, I always love seeing Vinnie Jones. I always do. Um, he's the juggernaut, bitch. But to see him play Brick, um, to see him do the whole, you get one shot... Murmur was, he's actually a a Flash villain. Um, So it's weird to see him in Arrow, but being that he doesn't have any powers, he's only just completely psychotic. Um, And if you don't know Murmur's backstory, uh, Murmur uh, was a a psychologist or therapist, I believe, who was a serial killer, um, whose stutter gave him away in court. So he cut out his tongue and then sewed his mouth shut. Which you see in the show. Well, you don't see that, but you see that he's got his mouth sewn shut, which is terrifying. Um, you know, I can imagine somebody like you that would be awful. Uh, it's, he's oh, just, just, you're fine. Um, so I'm glad to see kind of a, a few, like, kind of ground level villains come back for this one. Well, and that's um, what you really liked about um, the beginning of the Arrow and Flash, is they had the ground level villains. Like, you have your in Arrow, Tiger. yes. In, in, in Flash, they pulled some. Really weird ones like Voltacutioner or uh, Electrocutioner or whatever his name is, Rainbow Rider. Um, did they get. Or whatever, like the guy that Doug Jones played. Was that Electrocutioner, I think? Mm. With, the, with the red I beams? 
Um, but it was played by Doug Jones. Um, that I know, because I am a nerd. Um, my last note on Arrow is nukes. So they're not destroying the glades. Uh, and they're not, what was the last couple? Like, they're just going to destroy Star City out of no reason. Um, and now it's Say like... It right. Starlin City? No reason. No reason. Um, now it's that, uh, Dark is going to launch a nuke at Star City to power his death head idol, um, by destroying Star City as a whole. Um... I like the calculator came back because the guy who made a cyber nuke is the anti-physical nuke, apparently. Um, though I do like that actor um, as a calculator. I like it a lot. And it makes sense as a Felicity father. Yeah. It actually Especially, like, like, her mother and her father. Those two characters combined completely make sense for how Felicity I loved, is. I, I loved her mom on this episode so much. Um, being kind of the Jiminy Cricket to uh, Quentin's... Like, uh, mm-hmm. not subpoena, but affidavit, um, was great. I actually really like um, the relationship between those two. I like that when she hangs out with him, she doesn't wear a push-up bra, like, that chokes her. Like, she's not that cocktail waitress. She's a woman. Like, unobjectified woman. Well, you know what I mean? She's comfortable with herself around. Absolutely. Her. Um, as a mother, as a significant other, I, I like it a lot. Um... But once again, like, just how many times is Star City going to be in jeopardy every season? Um, I know that's where they live. I know that that's their driving force. I, I, I just don't know, once again, like, where they can go on the next season where it's like, what's worse than nukes or an earthquake machine or... I don't, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I remember the last couple of, uh, last couple seasons, like, Big Bad's on that one. Uh, or the League of Assassins. Um, doing the whole, like, Gotham uh, Batman Begins thing. Um, like, once again, like, how many times can you be in peril to the point where I don't believe it anymore? Where I go, you've escalated it to nukes. What's next? Next season? Super nukes. Say super aids, but okay. Do you want to talk about legends or no? I do. Um, I haven't been watching. I have. Um, I love the love will keep us together. Weird hack on that one. Uh, very Guardians of the Galaxy, I will say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, Gideon, who we're still waiting for it to be invented by Barry Allen, because that gets explained in the Flash. Okay. Um, it does. It's he, uh, Gideon reacts to Barry Allen when uh, in the first season of Flash, and she goes, "Why well, wouldn't I listen to you? You invented me, or you made me." Um, <laughs> but the fact that like Gideon like hacks all of the other Time Master's ships and makes it play like "Love Will Keep Us Together." Um, was that is that Captain Tennille? Yeah. I want to say. Yes, it is Captain. Um, I love that very very Guardians of the Galaxy, very uh, uh, James Gunn. I like that. Um, Snart, seemingly, I say seemingly, um, he did. Allegedly, allegedly, uh, gave up his life. Uh, he gave his life up to save Heatwave, or Mick, McRory, who g- was gonna give his life up for, uh, Brendan Routh. Adam. Uh, yeah, Bray Palmer. 
Snart's not gone. They've said that. He actually will appear in other things in what's called the Berlenti universe, or Berlentiverse. I have to say, though, I think it's for the best. Which just sounds like a dessert. I think but he's a lot more interesting in small doses. Did he talk that way in Prison Break? I've never seen it. No, he did not talk that way in Prison Break. He didn't break. have that, like, affectation where he sounded like a complete douche the entire no, time? No, he did not talk like that way. He did not talk like that in Prison Break at all. Like I said, I think he's... I like it. I like he's that He's more as... interesting in small doses. Um, but you're going to see him come back on Arrow, Legends, Flash, Supergirl, uh, which has now joined was, the CW group. I was going to say that it's jumping, uh, jumping channels, which is a much smarter move for them. I was going to say, CBS, what made you think you could do Supergirl? Nothing? Yeah. No response? No. no. If only they'd done that with Constantine. If it would have jumped to sci fi, I would have been really happy. I would have been okay with that. Um, but Snart's. He's dead, but hey, you know, it's fucking time travel. So who knows where he's going to pop up. Um, but they did say, like, Wentworth. Is it Wentworth Miller? Oh, uh-huh. Wentworth Miller. Yes. Um, he's not done. He's very busy filming the reboot of Prison Break. He is, but he will still make appearances here and there. Um, Captain Cold is not gone. And I'm psyched on that, just based on the whole Flash thing, because Captain Cold is one of the main antagonists. I wouldn't say it's necessarily Flash's Joker, but he's very much Flash's Two-Face or Riddler. Like, he is in the top, like, three to five villains for, for the Flash. You know what I want more on Flash? I want more Golden Glider. Really? Like, just her and Cisco interacting always cracks me up. Yeah. Not a fan? Funny. But, I mean, she has a gold gun. I mean... Did you like uh, Cisco and his brother on the last episode? It's like, bad things happen when you're around! I like that there was that emotional moment where, like, they kill... They kill... What's his name? Rupture? Carter? No. The episode before that. Where his brother has the weird death scythe power? Rupture? I don't remember. Anyways. Um, and it got signed on for a second season. Uh, Legends did. Um, and they're going to have apparently a whole bunch of like World War II, like quote-unquote like JSA people on it. Um, I gotta do something. Uh, apparently it's going to have a completely different feel. Completely different feel. Good. A whole new mission... Whole new, quote unquote, whole new team. Hey, Berlenti, Wildcat would be fucking awesome. I really would like Sarah, White Canary, to go back to Arrow. As the new Black Canary. Exactly. Well, new old Black Canary, but yeah. I, 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 th- I think that's what's going to happen based on... I think we're going to have like a Black Canary versus Black Canary. I think that might actually be the episode name on season three. It's not going to be uh, the Or season off. five. Yeah. Season six? Uh, five for Arrow. They're on season four. They're not on season four? They're on season four. Oh. But I think you're going to see, yeah, I, I th- I'd i like to see, uh, what's her name? Uh, Katie? Lots. Lots, thank you. Um, come back to Arrow as the new Black Canary. She'll take up her sisters slash herself's. Herself's? 
herself. Her, her self mantle. Um, to, to reclaim the Black Harry uh, mantle. I have to tell you, they're totally making Legends of Tomorrow Funkos, and I want the White Canary. <laughs> I don't know if they've released him yet, but they've made the announcement. If they make a snart... Uh, uh, Captain Cold? Yeah, definitely. If they make a snart um, Rory, uh, I'd like you to buy me both of them. I think that's um, what I can do. I'll trade you out for that Black Canary. But, like, uh, I, 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 I love... People are going to email us for the Black Canary. They're not. It's not even a chase figure. Um... The next few things are weird and disparate. Okay. Um, based on a conversation I had with a friend, I rewatched Masters of the Universe. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? He-Man? Yeah, the movie from 1987 yeah, with, uh, with the, yeah. Dolph Lundgren yeah. and a mullet, um, which was actually his main, main antagonist, not Frank Langella as Skeletor, which... By the way, totally holds up. Frank Langella as Skeletor. What am I looking at? The Legends of the Tomorrow. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, I was like, that's RoboCop. Um, it's not. It looks like RoboCop. It does look like RoboCop, but it's not. Better alive. You're like coming said, with me. There's Captain Cold for you. Oh, is that the hood up? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the Rory one. Meh. Um, <laughs> Meh. So I rewatched. Not, his name is not Rory in this. It's McRory. It's Rip Hunter. What? Huh? What? 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 McRory? Yeah, McRory. Is the name of Heatwave. Oh, I thought you were talking about... Oh, never mind. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Rip Hunter. Which would be Rory Pond is what you're... Yeah, I know. She looks She looks awkward. like Will Wheaton now. Will Wheaton. Sorry, go ahead. Um... <laughs> No, not Rory Pond is what you're... Yeah, no, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Um, what was oh that my about? God, a Masters of the Universe. they made this one. Shut the fuck up, we're trying to podcast. What? What did you find? Oh, nothing. It was a custom-made Legends of Tomorrow Old Arrow Funko Pop. Oh, like Old Arrow? Like yeah. Dark Knight Arrow? Mm, he looks like a Keebler elf. <laughs> Time to make the Yale fudges and kill. Um, he seemed to they say. They came out of the trees, man. Um, <laughs> Franklin Jealous Skeletor <laughs> totally holds up. Um, the fact that the, like, <laughs> the plot hinges on that Courtney Cox's boyfriend plays keyboards in a band? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. And he's like, you must be a song master. And it's like, no, I just cover Tears for Fears. Um, it's horrible. Um, he's the one that did that version of Mad World for the Donnie Darko soundtrack. No, it, that doesn't even make sense because it's acoustic. It would have to be the original. I'm sorry. Oh. Like, yeah. Um, but Franklin Jealous Skeletor totally holds up. Mm -hmm. Evil motherfucker. I didn't know that um, when you see Evelyn, who's like the evil sorceress. Really? Yeah. Evelyn's the evil sorceress. Shut up. Um, everyone thinks she's wearing contacts. Those are her eyes. Those are her natural eyes. Let that sink in. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. Also, kind of weird, 
the lady that plays the sorceress, Christina Pickles, I'm making that name up, uh, plays Monica and, and Ross's mom on Friends. That's yeah. yeah that's... Like, that's a little weird. Um, Dolph Lundgren, he's not that bad. Uh, Meg Foster. Who's that? Evelyn. Yeah, look at actual images of her. Yeah. Like, yeah, see, very, she's very, not right, yeah. Like I said. Those are her fucking eyes. Like, almost husky. Holy fuck. Like I said, almost husky-like. Though blue, I will... Blue eyes. Oh, she was in They Live. Uh, my number one movie with a wrestler in it, um, from two weeks ago. Um, just seen it. Uh, I, I will say, like, coming from 1987, that's the year, what, Jedi comes out? Um, so for... A bar set for special effects, it doesn't hold up. No. Um, it's it's almost uh, Flash Gordon-esque. Um, Hawkman? First wave! Second, Second wave! wave. Um, Max von Sydow is being the merciless on that one. Because um, I love that movie, so fuck off. But, uh, Masters of the Universe doesn't hold up outside of Farid Langella. It really doesn't. So you're telling me Skeletor's the only good part? Yeah, but it's worth watching the whole fucking movie to, for him to do that. Sorry. Except for that part where he becomes a god, and it becomes like almost like Jim Carrey as the Riddler, where he's like, and I become a god. Was that too far? I can never tell. Like, he gets a little campy near the end, when he, like, unlocks the power of Skull and, like, dons, like, his, like, golden Skeletor armor, and I'm like... Okay, I know 1987, that armor weighs, like, gotta be 60 pounds. Like, it's not light, and you can see Frank Langella kind of going, It is really heavy. I can't move my mouth a lot. Um, though, Beastman, while he sucks at the end, like, was kind of scary. Like, I mean, the, the first, like, half hour of it, first 45 minutes of it, was very... Like, Return to, uh, I'm sorry, Return to the Jedi. Return to Oz, to Oz Dark, yeah. where, like, all of our parents were like, hey, there's Oz, there's He-Man, let's take our kids to it. And it's like, no, Return to Oz has a hallway full of screaming heads, which will forever haunt me. And Masters of the Universe has both the Beast Man, like, chasing Courtney Cox, like, underneath, like, staging at a county fair or something. Because, um, yeah, it's that movie. Um, but, like, he was really scary. A lot of close-ups of him, like, drooling and, and, and gnashing his teeth and roaring. Um, and then that scene where, like, they finally, uh, get He-Man, and they start, like, laser-whipping him? Like, they're effectively, like, trying to make him remember his name from fucking Roots. Like, it's fucking horrible. I can't believe you talked about this movie for, for five minutes. Dude, they're like, what's your name? And he's like, He-Man. They're like, no, it's Toby. Um, oh, wow. It's the second... I'm telling LeVar Burton. Who's going to be in the Roots reboot? Not as Toby. Yeah, it's Quincy Kimber. Uh, I think it's Jody LaForge. He's future future Toby. Toby. Okay, so, um... Like, he comes back, like, in Superman vs. Batman, like, The Flash. He's like, just say your name's Toby. It'll be okay. You're gonna lose a hand, Johnny Tremaine. 
Wait, that's a white guy, never mind. He doesn't lose his hand. Who? Johnny Tremaine. Oh, he cripples it. It ends up being not as bad and as he thought. a smelting accident. Like I said, it ends up being not as bad as he thought it was. They end up being able to... You know why? Because he's white. <sighs> so. Uh, I also talked to you about a bar we haven't talked about. <laughs> what a great segue, Doug. Um, what segue, you say? That's exactly my point. You know, the uh, creator of the Segway died in a one-person Segway accident by accidentally driving it off a cliff. You know how the Elephant Man died? Like, actual Merrick? Diabetes. A bearded woman shot a dwarf out of a cannon and it landed on his head. That is not a true story. It was a freak accident. That is not a true story, and you were a Wait dickwad. No, no, I got it. I'm just not listening to you. That was Jimmy Carr. I'm not. Fucking brilliant. I'm not acknowledging that. Uh, Jimmy Carr's great. Um, also, not an ironic uh, allergy to peanuts. Um, that might be worse. So... I want to throw a bottle at you. Just empty beforehand. Um, I talked to you about a bar in Fort Collins. We're going to make a sojourn to it called Dungeons and Drafts. It's a gaming bar. Um, even if you walk in not knowing how to play a game... Dab. Um... They I don't have to play. I just didn't like it. Well, but I, mean, I guess they have like Flux, they have D and D, they've got Magic, they've got whatever. I mean, I'm I really, really interested. Need to break out my Flux. I don't give a Flux. Um, well, I've got the regular show set. I've got Batman. Mine's I really cooler. I have, really wish I didn't have to work because I'd say let's grab our stuff and go over to Brandon's. He needs to, it's a hard game for you to, like, play on your own to, like, teach yourself the rules. Um, well, he's, he's not doing other great, than I, so. Huh? He's not doing great, so. Okay. Um, though I did tell Emma that I think we might have, like, a few episodes of D20 where we play, like, Flux and other things. Um, I, I want to teach her Karma, um, the card game, which is you can play with a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. So, nice catch. Um. But no, so I, I'm looking forward to, like, finally coordinating um, you, me, and Lizzie, like, going down to this bar. Um, oh, we're taking Brandon. Oh, duh. The doy. Um, uh, but I want to talk about it, because it sounds like a great place. Um, I hope it doesn't get all super hipstery the way that, you know, 1UP did um, before, you know, opening day on, on, on that with Rockies, because that sucked. Um, it was such a cool place before hipsters found it. Um, and lastly, that I want to bring up, um, I watched the Hunter S. Thompson 30 for 30 ESPN short, mm -hmm. um, where it talks about, the only time we're going to talk about sports on this, that's not like... Hockey season's going on. Unnecessary, no unnecessary roughness with Scott Bakula and Sinbad. Um, or, you know, like, Major League Two quotes. Um... Where the Rube is quoting the uh, Victoria's Secrets catalog, so he can actually play catcher. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. It, it talked about um, basically Hunter Thompson with Ralph Studman, who, um, if you're familiar with the art from *Fear Loathing Las Vegas*, that would be Ralph Studman. We've talked about it before because I think I brought the, the documentary that I watched um, a couple. 
uh, like six months ago, almost a year ago, probably. Yeah, he's um, got a very distinctive style. A like, very distinctive style. You know style. who's drawing. Yeah. It, it almost reminds me of um, Scary Stories to Read in the Dark. Which we've talked about, yeah. Just I'm, like the, I, I the, extra, the extra lines well, that make things look... Just the, the like, ink wash work yeah, that that's, he does. Yeah. So I want to talk about the fact that, well, they killed her in the movie, but they canceled her show. I get no more Agent Carter. Well, I'm not done with Hunter Thompson. Ugh. I'll make it quick, I promise. Um, they talk about, and we talked about this off air. It was uh, Hunter, because uh, I met him, so I can say his first name. Um, it was Hunter covering uh, the Kentucky Derby in like 1978 or something. Um, and that it changed the face of sports journalism because he stopped talking about the sport itself and started talking about the fans and himself and the interactions they have with the sport. Um, before that, I think they talked about on the documentary, the very short documentary about that, they said, like, sports journal journalism used to be like, the Yankees scored 15 points. It was a pop fly in the ninth. The it was end. Just, it's very. It was very dry, very almost academic. I was gonna say statistic based. Um, yes, and then Hunter, uh, then Hunter came along with Ralph Steadman, got wasted, started talking about, um, the, I think the center green or whatever they call it, at the uh, at the Derby, and like how drunk they were and how crazy it was, and it became more about the fans of the interaction with the sport, which had never really been talked about before. Which now you look back and you go. That's a really important component. How the fans interact with the sport. I mean, other than rioting, um, if you're L.A., Chicago, Boston. But my point uh, is, here like... Here, when the Avs won the Cup. Um, I would say more on the Broncos' back-to-back -back Super Bowl win. Yeah, um, because that players. was when I found out what tear gas feels like. Uh, which is not fun. Um, uh, oh, oh, yeah, the Avs won their first, uh, their inaugural year, didn't they? Mm -hmm. After they stopped being I don't think we, write, we outright rioted. I mean, no, I think... No, there, there, there were articles in the paper. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, we don't talk a lot about sports on this, like I said, without there being, like, some kind of sports movie. Um... But I would say that uh, the Hunter Thompson 30 for 30 short, um, fantastic. It's a quick, I think, like, thir between 13 and 15 minutes long um, with, like, ads, so maybe, like, 15 minutes. Um, I watched it before work one day. Uh, one morning I was running ahead um, and was blown away. Um, the 30 for 30s are really well done. I've watched a few of them. Um, one on the Auburn rivalry. There's it a really, really great really one about um, the the rise and fall of the I think it's USC Trojans or something, um, and in terms of like how that changed um, the what do you want to call that the um, recruitment? Yeah, like the bribery system in terms of yeah recruitment. Yeah, with college, um, and then I watched. I, I want to rewatch it. Trojans. I, I yeah, uh, but I do rewatch the one about Brian Bosworth and the mark, literally the marketing behind his image because he was kind of the 
for lack of a better word, like kind of the Hulk Hogan in terms of, you know, marketing, like the Hulk Hogan of the NFL. Like he was the bad boy. Um, not that Hulk Hogan was a bad boy by any means. Um, yeah, but he was, he's a little bit edgy. But I mean, like, that they had like the he had like the hair, the mullet with the like cuts and the and the bleaching, and they sold like it's weird. The fade. They, they they sold like skull caps with his hair on it, um, and it was a huge marketing thing. Sorry, right. you keep saying that. All I can think of is Charlie Sheen in Major League. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the, and know. actually, the only thing when I, when I hear Brian Bosworth, who played for I believe the Bengals, um, I think um, could have been Seattle. It might have been Seattle for a little while. But I remember when they were in a heated rivalry <laughs> with the Broncos. Shut up. Joke. They were in a heated rivalry with the Broncos in the in the mid. You're going to really, like, enjoy this by the end of it, um, which will be, like, three seconds, so deal with it. Um, that... Think about that whole sentence and how much it sounds like rape. I'm not high-fiving that. Against your I, will. Speaking of rape. Exactly. Um, you just five-raped me. No, I didn't. High-raped? Rape-fived. Great five. There you go. So in the in the mid eighties, there was a huge thing with uh, with uh, Bosworth, and I don't know if it was Seattle or uh, or, or the Cincinnati Bengals uh, being in a fierce competition with um, the Denver Broncos. But when John Elway, who was the quarterback for the Denver Broncos at the time, for eternity, yeah, came into town, Bosworth spent like half his paycheck, which is yeah, like nine million dollars. Who gives a fuck? Um, on these shirts with a uh, caricature uh, caric- of thank you of uh, John Elway who had pronounced front teeth. Dude, he's got horse teeth. We all know it. Well, wait for it. Uh, a bunch of shirts that were sold at the stadium and said, "Welcome to." I think it was "Welcome to Seattle, Mr. Ed." Ooh, yeah. And I mean, I'll remember that to the day I die because it was so. I guess controversial that he was like kind of waging like psychological warfare on John Elway. Yeek. Yeah. So, uh, that's my last note. Red shirts? Are we going to talk about Agent Carter? It got canceled. Um, not a surprise because it got really good at the end actually, of season two. I was going to say, I, I was surprised it got a season two. I enjoyed season one, but they had a lot of filler episodes. I thought season two was a lot more interesting. I really liked it, and I really liked the end of season two. It does say in the movie that she later on got married and had children. Yes. Well, you but, find that in Captain America, too. Yeah, I was going to say, but they never say to who. I really hope it was Sosa. Not, like, weird. Now, tangible. Uh, tangible. Um, not the weird ghost black guy? No. Really? I think Sosa? Well, that's who she ran off with at the end of season two. That's true. Also, they've been doing that since day one. <sighs> that's why you couldn't marry the nurse. Yeah. That nurse was cute. Not Peggy Carter cute. Damn cute. I, uh, I, I really liked this second season. They introduced um, Jarvis's wife. It was great. Like the she weird was like Hungarian weird. like like warrior woman, like domestic warrior woman. It's one of those where they're God, they're 
Agent Carter's like practicing the hand-to-hand combat with him and he has her in some kind of compromising position and the wife comes out and she's like, oh, he showed you that one. I think he calls it like something like the squatting turtle, like just something ridiculous like that. It sounds very uh, Kama Sutra, yeah. Yes, it does sound very Kama Sutra-y. Uh, but she does come into her own, like, in terms of being, oh, yeah. like, a strong woman. I I liked that Agent liked Carter showed, like, strong-willed women. It had her, it had Jarvis's wife. It didn't have that joke about Jarvis going, I hope I don't end up, uh, end up as a voice in a box. But it also um, it also had, on the other side of the coin, the, the Russian, well, yeah, yeah, the Russian program. Regan, um, oh, what is her name? I can't remember her name in the... She was in, um, what's that show you made me watch that I liked? Um, Veronica Mars? No. Um, the guy with the sword, and she's a truth sayer or something. Legends of Seeker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, she's... How the crap did I know that from that description? Because uh, she's the, the, the queen truthy person. She's not... It's not truth speaker. They, like, pass judgment. They're like... Uh, she's the queen truthy person. Of the color. Okay, I think we're just going to go to red shirts because we've reached the end of the usefulness of this conversation. Conf- uh, 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 confessor. There we go, confessor. She's That's the, the, word the sister confessor, or not sister, a uh, mother confessor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but she was part of the uh, the red room, where like she has to sleep with like her arm up because they like handcuffed them because they're like, fucked up and Russian and yeah. Um, but like I said, I had women in really strong. Uh, Regan, what is her fucking name? I can look it up if you would like. No, 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 don't, 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 don't. Okay. No, don't. Um, we've had static issues on previous episodes. Um, but yeah, I really liked her. I, I, the, the fact that like this, this last season, uh, the second season, was supposed to, I guess, quote unquote, like introduce magic. It just really bothers me that Agent but Carter gets canceled, and Agent I was going to say, and Agents of Shield is still going because I don't give a shit about that. Well, it's because they're not going to do an Inhumans movie, which is the closest we're going to get with this. Um, but I don't care. It's got ramifications. I actually really liked this last episode that no, it, just, I, it, it came on the heels of Civil War where you see Coulson deal with what's going on with Civil War and he's going, I don't want to go against Cap, but the government says the Accords are this. Like, what do we do? Like, it's... He's conflicted, and the thing is, like, he's the new director, which I think is going to come out on Avengers 3. I mean, it, it has to. That they're all going... I think we're going to see some more Sam Jackson. Well, yeah, duh. I was actually kind of surprised I didn't see him at all in Civil War. Uh, they said it would have been too many characters. It would have. It absolutely would have. And he didn't really have a part in it. I mean, no, no, it, it makes sense that he wasn't there. I was just kind of surprised. I mean, you think about, like, he was kind of, I wouldn't say crammed in Avengers 2, but, like, when they go to the farm, uh, the Hawkeye's farm, they're like, and he's like, here's some homespun wisdom with a tractor. Now go fight Ultron. I'm like, that was just kind of crammed in, like. I, and then he, like, it burns the oh that was a winter soldier that he burns his identity right yes yeah I have some questions about the implications of how well Civil War did because it had the fifth highest opening of all time okay and it absolutely has rewatch value yep how much is Warner Brothers shitting themselves over how bad Batman Superman did 
I'll tell you how bad they're, uh, they're shitting themselves. Um, Harley Quinn spinoff already announced. They're already going, well, we're not going to do anything with Superman Batman. Let's do something with uh, Suicide Squad. Well, I hope that they fix Suicide Squad. Which is effectively our bad guy Avengers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Effectively, in Marvel's equivalent, would be our Thunderbolts. Um, Like I said, I hope they fixed, uh, I was going to say Suicide Squad and the reshoots, because as I was going to say, as Tyler, my co-worker, put it, if Suicide Squad sucks, I'm never seeing another DC movie again. I will. I mean, I'll, I'll keep I, seeing them as long as they make them, but um, like I said, like they'll get my money. Um, they're not getting my fucking money. I mean, I'll go see Suicide Squad, because yeah. yeah, it's true. I just want to see Margaret Robbie. But still. Actually, I kind of want to see like Enchantress, like with the whole thing of uh, her. Car, I was going to say Cara Devlin. Yeah, sure. That's not Enchantress, it's uh, whatever. No, the, that, uh, that's her, the actress's name. Yeah, but Enchantress is Marvel. Is she? Yeah, you've technically actually already seen her on S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I probably haven't. Lorelai, yeah. Yeah, I probably haven't. Not the Gilmore Girl. Um, <clears throat> Too bad that that's immediately where I went. Alright, uh, Red Shirts. Um, I've been working like crazy, so I haven't really watched much. Uh, a lot of things got the pickup, a lot of things got cancelled. Castle is ending. NBC has no shows. Yeah. Like, they've already canceled their entire... NBC's like, like nothing's working. Fuck it. Um, except yeah, Castle's for, oh, gone. I was gonna say, except for, like, I think all the Shondaland shows. Sure. Oh, this, those are ABC. Never mind. Um, Shield's got it. Um, Shield's got it. Which Supergirl is got canceled off of CBS and is moving to CW, which... Which makes sense, because then they don't have to pay the licensing fee anymore. So also, it would be nice to see better writing. Also, you know... It's somewhere that they can actually build their viewership, and considering how popular the Flash crossover was, they can Which make it an annual event. It was f- funny, but it wasn't great. I mean, I liked. What was the weird F? I weird. liked. I liked that Cat Grant looked at. I'm going to say these like as characters, mm-hmm. um, eggs from uh, True Blood, uh, the Toy Masters Jimmy kid. Olsen. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen. Uh, Toy Master's Kid, or, or, or uh, what do they call him, Wynn? Uh. Uh, Flash and Supergirl and uh, and uh, Cat Grant goes, or Ellen McBeal or whatever you want to call her. Uh, but Ellen McBeal was like, you look like a cross-generational, biracial, like, CW show. Like, it was a really funny like, was jab and nod, but it's like, you know, you're doing this on purpose. Like, it feels forced. Like, it felt so fucking forced. And the thing is... Supergirl joins in, 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 the stable of the DC TV in the CW. To have a quote-unquote super character, like, the S, like, the S, like, the S. That means S. hope. Don't start. Um, it implies that Superman's part of that continuity. Yep. So that ought to be interesting. Once again, the cat amongst the pigeons. A super cat, if you will. Um, not Comet. Him. No, Comet was a horse. What was the horse. What was the super cat? Streaky? Streaky. No, Streaky was the horse. Comet was the cat. Whatever. A really dumb named super animal. 
Comet was the horse. I think Stricky was the cat. Yeah. Get up the longest ship to work ever after this. Mm-hmm. Want to keep talking about super pet names? Actually, I wanted to point out the fact that none of us have talked about Gotham, because I haven't been watching it. Yeah, no one has. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. Yeah. Uh, Fitch is back. Yeah, that's, well, pr- that's pretty much what happened. Where to suck even more. Uh, and apparently Doctor Strange did it. Not Doctor Strange. Um, Ooh, Hugo no. Strange. I remember, I remember my red shirts. Good. Preview for X-Men Apocalypse gave too much away. Uh, it's getting lukewarm ratings uh, from the critics. No, it's just, I, I saw everything I needed to see in the preview. Psylocke cutting a car in half with her second katana, which was badass. I'm not saying Olivia Mund isn't super hot in that role. I'm saying I saw everything I needed to see in the preview. And Superhero Fight Club with uh, Nightcrawler and Angel. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I'll is, get my money. I saw the preview for Doctor Strange. Oh my god, right. So right. It's so good. good. Dude, she, okay, I know Lizzie got really mad at me when I said this, but I was like, she soul punched him. <laughs> like, I know it was his astral body looking into time that would that? be a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey ball, like, amorphous thing, and then he goes train me, like, or, you know, teach me, whatever. But, like, I was like, Tilda Swinton just fucking soul-punched Sherlock. Like, can we not? <laughs> what? Like, that's a fucking movie! Like I said, no. No, it looks great. Um, in fact, the, that it's gonna actually truly introduce magic into the Marvel Universe, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they're talking about the um, the eye of uh, uh, I'm gonna mispronounce it, but um, Amagato or whatever it is. Saruman. No, uh, it's not the one eye to rule them all, or whatever. Uh, is there uh, one eye and Saruman has an eye patch or something? Um, so why wouldn't he have two eyes? Um, it's weird he has one eye, right? It's like how can I tell they're hobbits? I have no depth perception. I think we're done. No way. That was a good joke. Fuck off. Um, Saruman with an eye patch. Saruman. Captain Jack Saruman. What do you have for red shirts? Anyway. Um, I don't have any. Porn star of the week? Goddamn right. That I got. Uh, her name is Alex Tanner. Now, usually I talk about, like... Is she one of the members of Full House that didn't... That's actually... I was like, it makes it a little hotter that she could be a member of Fuller House. Um, And by Fuller, I mean with Dick. Um, Usually when I talk about, like, some porn stars, I say, not my usual thing. But this one for real, real? Uh, Petite redhead. Oh, not... Like, my usual thing. Yeah, that's... that's, Yeah. Um, Does she have big T's? No. Really? Uh, average size. I was going to say, you normally like voluptuous redheads. That's, that's your uh, wheelhouse. Busty redheads is, is yeah, kind of my thing. Um, she, if you look her up, I mean, we'll do that right now, uh, despite my misgivings of it. Um, got to keep that window open. Um, but yeah, uh, it's probably going to bring up a thing on... Oh, she's a character on IMDb. Not okay. 
Um, which is like I, I mean, I don't know. She's she's got a good pair on her. Yeah. I mean, she's not you know oversized. Um, in terms of the... She's extremely proportional. How about that? Yes. Uh, but no, Alex Tanner. Uh, porn star of the week. Social yeah. contract? Mistakes I made this week. Oh. Um, I've been working like crazy and I don't sleep. Trying to herd cats um, by way of running this network. <laughs> uh, the, the, the fact that I, I, I thought Lizzie was going to be in town this week... I mistook it that he was out of town this week. Um, he was in town last week. Uh, the fact that we're recording this the day I have to edit it. Um, I have told you I have to take a sabbatical. No, I know. And I'm glad we can make it work for, for you and me. Um, but just uh, just trying to get all the cats in a row, which, as you they're know... They're probably asleep on the bed. Yeah, but at least they're all in the same place at the same time, which... We cannot work with you, me and Lizzie. Um, well, it is did, what it is. We did for quite a while. I know. We had a good run. <laughs> oh, now it's sad. Oh, yeah. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacn.com podcast.com your home for almost bacon and banjo